Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's get it. All football, all the time. You're listening to the best football show. Hosted by Brian Baldinger. This is the best football show. I'm Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL on Instagram and Twitter. I wanted to start today with uh, this, this game time, this Thursday night football. Because, you know, the Thursday night games kick off week nine. So here we are right at the mid- midway point in the NFL. And we have two teams that are teetering. Uh, Tennessee coming off their best win of the year. They beat the Atlanta Falcons behind the rookie Will Levis, who played great. He was flawless. And it got Tennessee to three and four. And they weren't sellers at the trade deadline, like a lot of people thought, because they put up 28 points with the rookie, throwing three touchdowns to Nuke, DeAndre Hopkins, and run the ball really well, led by Derrick Henry's 102 yards rushing. Rookies all over the field. Levis, Peter Skronsky, the first-round pick at left guard, and Tajay Spears, running back out of Tulane. Rookies all over, and they beat a good Atlanta team, a team that was in first place in the NFC uh, NFC South, a team that had played very good defense and had played very good red zone defense, and Will Levis picked them apart. And they go to Pittsburgh, who lost a horrible game last week to Jacksonville. But they're 4-3, and and – they're trying to keep pace with the Baltimore Ravens who are in first place at five and two and a hot Cincinnati team with Joe Burrow that have won three in a row. So you got to keep pace. So a couple things about Pittsburgh here tonight. Um, their offense has struggled. It's not a secret. They struggle in every area. So I think what they have to do, one of the things they have to do is George Pickens is their star offensive player. He leads the entire National Football League in yards per reception at 18.6 yards a catch. Tyree Kill, A.J. Brown, nobody's even close to him. Um, but he's got 28 catches and three touchdowns. Like, he should be at the 50. He should be at 50 catches, and he should be closing in on 1,000 yards. But he's not because they don't find different ways to get in the ball. And that's a mistake. So that's that's that. They got to get him the ball more. So the big matchup to me is Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line, who was dreadful 
against Jacksonville last year against a very good Tennessee defensive line who played great against Atlanta, led by Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, Denico Autry. I mean, he got real pass rushers. And if they get a lead like they did last week against Atlanta and they get a chance to tee off because the other team's got to throw the ball, um, I don't care who you are, you're going to struggle against that front. They're just that good. So a couple couple other items here. Cam Hayward comes back into the lineup tonight. Cam Hayward, tore, he, he tore his groin week one against San Francisco in the first half of the game uh, of that game and hadn't played since. So it's been seven weeks since he's played. But he is the leader of the whole team. And they need him in the lineup. They have not been good against the run this year. The Steelers have given up four and a half yards of carry. They haven't been good against the run. And Cam Hayward will help that out. I don't know how much he's going to play or how much you can expect him to play at a high level. But he's the leader of the team. Like, he's a great, great player. He makes T.J. Watt. He makes Alex Highsmith. He makes Marcus Golden. He makes all the edge rushers better. He also loves to introduce rookies to the NFL. So he'll line up against a rookie left guard in Peter Skaronsky, who's back in the lineup. He's a good player out of Northwestern, the first-round pick of Tennessee. But you might want to, like, sneak a peek into the middle of that uh, trenches tonight and just watch Cam Hayward um, take on Peter Skaronsky. There's not many guys that can handle Cam one-on-one. Rookies seem to struggle against him. So I, I kind of want to watch that matchup a little bit there. Uh, but, you know, when you when you look at this game, you go, is Kenny Pickett, is he, a, is he a good quarterback? Is he a bad quarterback? I just think the timing is bad. And the offense line isn't good. I like Kenny Pickett. Um, but he's got to be more accurate with the ball, flat out. You know, he had a chance to hit Deontay Johnson in the end zone last week to take a lead, and he was late with the throw, and then he was behind the throw. So, you know, he's just got to be more accurate, and the stats say he's got to be more accurate. They've scored nine touchdowns in seven games. It's just not good enough. So Pittsburgh's going to make a run in the AFC South, or AFC North, I'm sorry. It's got to start tonight. I mean, this is the second of three straight games at home. They played Jacksonville at home last week. It was a disaster. In the rain, it was a bad game. I don't know why it was, but all the Steelers players were slipping all night long. And it sure didn't look like any of the Jacksonville players were sleep, slipping. I mean, it was just terrible. So, you know, they, they play Tennessee tonight, and they play Green Bay next week. I mean, you have a chance to win two in a row and get to six and three. And then they get division games against Cincinnati and Cleveland. And they can – but if they lose this game tonight get to 4-4, four and four, like they really put themselves in a hole. Um, Baltimore plays at home this weekend against Seattle. Have a chance to get to 6-2. and two. You don't want to be two games behind. So that's that. Um, but I think Pickett is – has got to play better. Like he's just – he just – he's got to – you know, and, and everybody does. You know, everybody's going to be calling for the – Offense coordinator's head there, and there might be some truth to some of that, but you still have to execute the plays that are there. So it's Tennessee's front. It's Will Levis making a second start. He was flawless last week against Atlanta. Is he flawless against a good Steelers defense? Maybe minus Minka Fitzpatrick. It looked like he really hurt his uh, hamstring last week, which is a bad loss. Like he's a really great player on the back end of that defense. But, you know, getting Cam Hayward back might might uh, really, you know, I would like to see, I'm sure T.J. Watt and Highsmith and Hayward are saying, 
Well, Will Levis threw four touchdown passes last week, but he he really wasn't harassed. Let's give him a good Pittsburgh Steeler terrible towel harassment tonight and see how he responds. So I think that's something to look forward to. I'm looking forward to breaking this game down first thing in the morning and bringing you what I see back because, look, if Tennessee can win this game and get to four and four, you know, at the midway point, and Will Levis plays well, well, he's going to be the starting quarterback regardless. And then you go, maybe, maybe this is a team that can turn it around with with a good quarterback play and, um, you know, a real, a real well-coached team. So all that stuff is, is, is in play here tonight. So I thought, you know, um, one of the big games this weekend, obviously, is Sunday afternoon, 425 in Philadelphia. The Cowboys come to town. And I just happen to be one of those players that played on both sides of this rivalry. I, I started my career in Dallas. Um, my first six years were in Dallas. My last three years were in Philadelphia. So I played on both sides of this rivalry. My first game as a Philadelphia Eagle was in 1992. And I was traded. I was out of Buffalo and I came to Philadelphia right before um, week four game. It's Monday night. It's at the Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia. There is a buzz about this game. Both teams, both Cowboys and Eagles, are both 3-0. and You know, I, I come into Philadelphia, there's Reggie White. You know, there's, uh, you know, Seth Joyner. There's Clyde Simmons. There's the best defensive football. And we're playing the Cowboys in my first game. And so, you know, like I don't really know what to expect. Like I'm dressed and I'm ready to go. Whatever they want me to do, I've – I knew the offensive line coach, and he kind of brought me up to speed pretty quickly. But I'm a backup player in the game. Jim McMahon is uh, is a backup quarterback. Randall Cunningham's a starter. So Jim McMahon has four kids, and his oldest son, Sean, turned 10 that day. So he had bought him a remote-controlled truck. So Jim wanted to go test. Jim was loose. Anybody that played with Jim McMahon has got a million Jim McMahon stories. So Jim says, hey, Baldy, like, uh, you know, nice to meet you. Uh, we're like, I always like to go down the field before the game. Come on down. Let's go hang. I'm like, all right. So we go down the field. We go through the tunnel. We get down the field. And Jim's got his truck with him. And he wants to try out the remote control truck before he gives it to his son for the birthday. So he's got his batteries in there. Now let's just see how this thing works. So we're sitting on the sideline. And there's Jimmy Johnson with that hairsprayed hair of his, not moving. And he's pacing Veteran Stadium. Just like in his zone, he's going up the field. He's going down the field. He's just pacing. And Jim takes this remote control truck, and he's just he's putting the truck, and he sicks it right on Jimmy Johnson like a little dog. And Jimmy Johnson, the truck hits Jimmy Johnson a foot, and he kicks it, and wondering you know where it came from. And it's, it's like it, it's flustering him. And we're all just laughing on the sideline, laughing like crazy. So Jim backs the truck up. Now Jim comes – Jimmy Johnson comes down the other way and he sticks that truck on Jimmy Johnson and Jimmy Johnson's like, now he's looking for it. And we're coming at him with, now we, now we're building like a, like a whole thing on the sideline. Everybody's down there. Everybody's behind McMahon. McMahon, like get him from this angle here, get get him from this angle. And so like for 15 minutes in a row, we're just like, just badgering Jimmy Johnson with this remote control truck, all different angles. Well, that night we blew the Dallas Cowboys out. I mean, in fact, we we knocked out their center. Uh, Clyde Simmons hit him on, on a Troy Aikman interception. 
Um, and we we knocked out uh, the center, like knocked him out cold. Clyde Simmons just KO'd him. Troy Aikman was under duress. Um, they they got after him. We blew the Dallas Cowboys out. We went to 4-0. And we just seemed like we were unstoppable at that point early in the season. We would meet them later in the playoffs in Dallas. And Troy Aikman, um, it was a different story. Uh, they, they thumped us pretty good. They got after Randall Cunningham that day. And uh, they went on and won their first Super Bowl. So that's that. But then I came – I ended up my career in Philadelphia. And so uh, in Philadelphia, we go down there on a, uh, on a Monday night and Jim McMahon was our quarterback and we had a hell of a day down there, down in Dallas. Um, and it was fun, you know, cause you beat Dallas and Dallas, the fans just leave. They don't stick around. They leave. They're out the stadium, Texas stadium. They're out the stadium, you know? And then I remember one other time I remember, being in Dallas and we came to play the Eagles and I remember riding over or riding over to the stadium and uh, we had this uh, cab. I was in there with Randy White, who's our star defensive tackle. Randy grew up in Wilmington, Delaware, like literally, you know, 20 minutes away from veteran stadium. And he was just telling, telling him how much he hated the Cowboys and, or how he hated the Eagles. And, you know, this is, this is revenge. Every time we play this team, like it's just like, Let's just knock them out, you know. And I remember in 1986, I think I was starting at right tackle for uh, for the Cowboys. And um, we had a bunch of injuries. I was playing tackle. And we went into Philadelphia, and we just cleaned them up. And, you know, all the Cowboy fans were sticking around. They were cheering for us. And I remember coming out of the locker room after that win, um, you know, against uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. It was all Cowboy fans, and they had hoagies for me and beers for me, and it was just like a Cowboy celebration in Philadelphia. It was just a fantastic feeling, 86, coming into Philadelphia, or Cowboys coming to Philadelphia, and us winning that game as a Dallas Cowboy. That was just, uh, you know, beating Philadelphia in Philadelphia in 86. That was just a great feeling. Uh, I'll never forget that day, playing right tackle, going up against Dennis Harrison. And it's Bigfoot Harrison, big six foot eight defensive end. Did a pretty good job on him that day out there. I uh, still can remember some of those plays, some of those moments. But that was a good win. That was a good win for the Cowboys in 86 and um, handing one to the Philadelphia Eagles that day and enjoying my hoagie and my beer on the way to the uh, airport flying home. Anyways, those are some of my better memories. I could go on and on in this game uh, as a member, as a member of the media broadcasting games, calling games for Fox between the Eagles and the Cowboys had my share of those games when I was calling games uh, for Fox. So anyways, that's a big game to look forward to this weekend. Sunday night in Philadelphia. I'm sure we're taping this here Thursday afternoon. I'm sure there's Eagle fans right now lining up at Lincoln Financial Field in the parking lot, getting their tailgate on, getting ready for Sunday, Sunday afternoon, I should say, Sunday afternoon. Uh, 425. That's going to be a great game. Uh, Eagles trying to get to eight and one. They're eight and one last year. Um, you know, they're trying to get to eight and one again this year. The Cowboys trying to get back into the race right now with two losses. They certainly do that with a win in Philadelphia this weekend. So that's that's the best football show. Those are a couple stories. That's a prelude to Thursday night football. Enjoy week nine, everybody. It kicks off tonight. I'll be back here tomorrow to break that game down.